A very good Monday. Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature agricultural news reports, I'll bring you national and regional agricultural news headlines. And I'll start with regional ag news right after this. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees' pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise. Be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero. Superior Bees, Superior Pollination. The U.S. Department of Agriculture has presented a Certificate of Appreciation to Retiring California Department of Food and Agriculture Analytical Chemistry Food Safety Program Environmental Program Manager Tiffany Tu. Tu is retiring after 33 years of public service, all with the Center for Analytical Chemistry. Through her work, Tu partnered with the USDA Pesticide Data Program, a national pesticide residue monitoring program comprised of seven state laboratories that sample, test, and report pesticide residues on agricultural commodities in the U.S. food supply. USDA PDP data is primarily used by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency as the essential dietary exposure component of risk assessment that is part of the pesticide registration review and tolerance reassessment process mandated by the Food Quality Protection Act. The data also is used for worldwide marketing of U.S. grown produce. The national average diesel fuel price has been falling steadily for nearly two months from peak prices experienced earlier in a year. With these lower costs, many truck rates are also going down, and some are back near levels not seen since late 2019. The truck and driver shortages that strained the supply chain over the past few years have also eased, even with a typically high-demand holiday shipping season, seeing mostly adequate availability this year. With these positive signs, along with the easing of certain inflation markers, industry members and consumers alike can be hopeful for better times in the new year to come. The movement of blueberries through Arizona, California, and Texas is expected to increase. Trading was moderate with prices generally unchanged. Flats, 12, 6-ounce cups with large lids, mostly $12. And quality is reported as variable. Organic dairy farms are seeking emergency federal aid as they grapple with skyrocketing organic feed costs, steep fuel and utility expenses, as well as the consequences of drought in many parts of the country. Two dozen senators and representatives wrote a letter to U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack asking for emergency assistance for these farms. National and regional organic farming groups have also reached out to the department and the heads of congressional committees. Fee costs normally average over half of an organic dairy's total production costs, but dramatic increases year over year in organic feedstuffs are now creating unsustainable circumstances that could lead to farm closures, reduced competition, and ultimately limited consumer choice according to the letter. The war in Ukraine and the Agriculture Department's discontinuation of the National Organic Program Recognition Agreement with India has reduced imported grain supplies and pushed up prices, according to officials. The drought in the West and other areas of the country has caused California, the country's top dairy state, to have its driest 
three-year stretch on record and this summer challenged farmers in the northeast. Western forages have been depleted and organic alfalfas, haze and silages are in limited supply and nearly double in price. That according to Albert Strauss, the founder and CEO of Strauss Family Creamery in Marin County. The creamery has formed a crisis coalition of organic dairy farms, processors and brands in the West to petition for emergency drought relief. California has lost 10 organic dairies in the last several months and as many as 50 are projected to go out of business if no relief comes in the next couple of months, according to Strauss. 12 farms had provided organic milk to the creamery until one recently went out of business, he said. A spokesman for the Agriculture Department said they are exploring avenues to address the challenges faced by organic dairy farmers while also pursuing ongoing work to support organic and transitioning farmers through USDA programs. After two years of rigorous research and development, Climax has introduced its first zero-compromise plant-based products to select audiences in Los Angeles, New York, and San Francisco, while simultaneously building out production facilities for an early 2023 launch date with select distribution partners who will be announced soon. Climax's Moonshot products, cultured and aged blue, brie, feta, and chevrolet cheeses, use sustainably grown plant ingredients while matching the taste, nutrition, and price of dairy cheese. Climax is a public benefit corporation based in Berkeley, California. For more information, log on to Climax.bio. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. Blue Diamond Growers sells almonds in more than 100 countries worldwide. While some are sold as ingredients used in baked goods, cereals, candies, and other foods, others are sold as branded products that carry the Blue Diamond name. Within the branded consumer product line is Almond Breeze, a non-dairy beverage made from almonds that comes in many different forms. Dale Tipple, Blue Diamond Vice President and Managing Director of International Consumer Sales, said the co-op works with nine partners globally. By doing so, he said the Sacramento-based Almond Co-op is able to bring Almond Breeze to nearly 100 markets worldwide. The international markets for Blue Diamond, um, and especially on our branded side of the business, which is where I focus my time and attention, along with 14 other team members, uh, is incredibly important. We're really um, uh, investing a great deal of time, energy, and resources in looking at, at how we develop Almond Breeze around the world. As it stands right now, outside of the U.S. and Canada, we have nine partners that we work with that manufacture, sell, and distribute Almond Breeze in different corners of the globe. And through those nine partners, uh, we work very closely with them to bring Almond Breeze to almost 100 countries as it stands today. And, and it's a very important part of our, our growth, our viability, and the return that we provide to our growers. When developing new consumer products, Tipple said it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Instead, Blue Diamond takes local tastes, customs, and applications into consideration. For example, vending machines are big in Japan, so Blue Diamond developed Almond Breeze that comes in a small can. 
first and foremost, local relevance is, is critical to what we do. You know, it's, it's not like there's one Coca-Cola formula or one Almond Breeze formula that, that we apply everywhere around the globe. Local relevance is critically important to ensuring that we address the markets on the consumer's terms, not on ours. And so in the example you just provided with a can of Almond Breeze, uh, that is a product that is developed in conjunction with our licensee partner, Poco Sapporo, in Japan. And uh, that product has been developed based on local preferences, local tastes, and local application. And by application, I mean that product is largely sold in vending machines on the street or in the subway or the train station in Japan. And in that particular market, it allows that product to be sold either in a chilled configuration, cold for the summer, or hot for the winter. And so it becomes very, very relevant um, for that market. And a can works really well in both of those applications versus other packs that are really designed more for just a chilled application. So it really works in that market. It's a wonderful product. In Brazil, an extra creamy almond breeze has become popular. And Tipple said it's about to hit the shelves in the United States. It's even fooling the best of them. A group of South African dairy business representatives visited the co-op Sacramento headquarters a few weeks ago and did a taste test. They said they could not tell the difference between milk and almond breeze extra creamy. To, to, to my delight, as well as uh, others, we have just launched an extra creamy almond breeze in the U.S., and we're about to do so in a number of international markets. Uh, it's a wonderful product, and you know, funny, I had a, uh, a, a group of our uh, uh, partners in from South Africa uh, two weeks ago into Sacramento, and we did a bit of a taste testing with them. And, and by the way, these guys have been in the dairy business for 30 to 35 years. And when we did the sampling, they said to me, says, I can't tell the difference between dairy milk and this extra creamy almond breeze. And he says, well, there's, there's, no, there's no dairy in this whatsoever. But what it really delivers is, is a plant-based solution to consumers that are looking for all the wonderful characteristics that dairy milk brings in an almond breeze uh, format. So uh, we're really excited about, about this product and potentially this as a platform, meaning it can extend in a number of different directions. But um, it's, uh, it's an exciting part of our business, how we create, again, even greater relevance to consumers uh, that are looking for a, an almond beverage in their diets, um, and whether that be based on lactose intolerance, just preferences, whatever the motivation may be, but it just expands the, the net or the, the, the appeal of that product to consumers. Blue Diamond takes a similar approach with its snack almond line, focusing on local taste preferences. Tipple said a mix of almonds and small dried fish is popular in Southeast Asia, while cocoa-dusted almonds with slivers of coconut are a big hit in China. A lot of the snack almonds are processed at the Sacramento plant. In addition, he said the co-op works with licensing partners in Southeast Asia. We do a lot of the manufacture of our snack almonds right here in, in California, right in Sacramento. Uh, and we have a, a, just a wonderful variety of products that are, that uh, some of those are designed for the, the U.S. palette, some of those are designed for an international palette. And uh, the product that you're referencing is a product called Calmond, and it's a uh, it's a brand that we own that is under the the uh, Blue Diamond Calmond, which is little tiny fish or fish pieces slivers, along with almonds, and it's just a mix, and it, it is very popular in many parts of Asia. I can tell you that you know my family, eh, not so much, 
But um, I think if, if we were originally from Southeast Asia, you'd find that really, really appealing. Uh, but we do a lot of, of, of mixes that are almonds and wonderful seasoning, almonds and wonderful coatings. Uh, we have a product that we have just been selling in uh, China recently. Uh, and uh, that is a, uh, a chocolate-coated or chocolatey-coated. It's not really chocolate, but it's a cocoa-dusted sweet configuration with slivers of, of coconut in the mix, and it's, it's delightful. And so that's been a big hit for us. But uh, we, again, really try to look at what has relevance in the local market and how we can make that very appealing to the consumers in that geography. And we manufacture, as I said, not only Sacramento, but we also have manufacturing in uh, Thailand through our licensee partner, Heritage, wonderful partner for 30-plus years. And we also manufacture through licensee partners in uh, places like Taiwan and Hong Kong. Years ago, Blue Diamond had an advertising campaign featuring real-life almond growers urging consumers to buy a can a week. That's all we ask. With all of the different almond-based products available both here and internationally, the co-op's ads need to be updated and translated into a myriad of other languages. Consumers now need to be encouraged to buy a can, pouch, bag, carton, or shelf-stable carton a week. That's all we ask. This is Vicki Boyd for My Ag Life. This segment is sponsored by Bee Hero, the leading almond pollination provider. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, be hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP Sales at 559-467-9699. Bee Hero, superior bees, superior pollination. As reported on Friday, the Environmental Protection Agency and the Army Corps of Engineers issued their final Waters of the United States rule. More on that today with Farm News reporter Chad Smith and the American Farm Bureau Federation. The EPA's new Waters of the U.S. rule will replace the Navigable Waters Protection Rule put in place during the Trump administration. Courtney Briggs, Senior Director of Government Affairs for the American Farm Bureau Federation, says AFB is extremely disappointed in the new rule. This rule does not provide the needed clarity and certainty that the regulated community has long called for. This rule allows the federal government to expand their jurisdictional reach over private property. It is clear that the agencies have doubled down on their use of the troubling significant nexus test, which will require landowners to hire environmental consultants, attorneys, and engineers to ensure that they are in compliance. She says when the federal government expands its reach, the amount of permitting that farmers and ranchers are subject to gets worse. Since this rule relies on case-by-case determinations and ambiguously defined terms, it is incredibly difficult for a farmer to understand if they have a jurisdictional feature on their property. There are civil and criminal liabilities attached to Clean Water Act compliance, and that is why it's so incredibly important to have a clear line of jurisdiction. The new WOTUS rule now goes into effect 60 days after it's published in the Federal Register. We will be looking to the Supreme Court for a decision in the Sackett case, which will provide some clarity on the use of the significant nexus test. And the agencies have stated that today's rule is a durable rule, but it is very likely that they will have to make changes to the rule in response to a decision from the high court next year. Learn more at fb.org. Chad Smith, Washington. 
The U.S. Department of Agriculture has announced the Fruit and Vegetable Industry Advisory Committee will hold a virtual meeting on Wednesday, January 25th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. USA's Agricultural Marketing Service is organizing a meeting, which is open to the public. Registration is required. After registering, you will receive a confirmation email containing instructions on how to join the meeting. Meeting details and information on the public comment period can be viewed in the Federal Register Notice that was published on December 29th of 2022. Written comments related to the fruit and vegetable industry can be submitted at regulations.gov. The deadline to submit written comments is Wednesday, January 11th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. USDA established a committee in 2001 to examine the full spectrum of issues facing the fruit and vegetable industry and create a forum to provide suggestions and ideas to the department on ways to improve programs to meet the changing needs of the produce industry. Committee members represent a broad cross-section of the industry. Information about the meeting and the committee is available on the AMS Fruit and Vegetable Industry Advisory Committee webpage. The United States Department of Agriculture Agricultural Marketing Service in its 31st annual report stated 99% of foods tested are below the pesticide residue limits. The report covers food tested in 2021 with the results announced at the end of last year, which states that of the samples tested by the Environmental Protection Agency, over 99% had residues below the tolerances, with 24% having no detectable residue. The pesticide data program checked over 10,000 samples in 2021 with 94% fresh and processed fruit and vegetables. Carrots, cauliflower, blueberries, broccoli, cantaloupe, celery, peaches, and watermelon were some of the produce that were tested. Rural communities rely on entrepreneurs to buoy their local economies. But how can financing and financial support improve these economic development opportunities? USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. Local rural economies, due in many ways to the remote setting, require innovation for economic development, job creation, and financing opportunities. John Monson of Compere Financial says opportunities do exist where there are needs. For instance, we're in some communities and seeing that there's not a lot of local pharmacies. they got to travel 20, 30 miles. What about mobile pharmacy labs? Can we invest in that? I think we might want to think about that. What about rural daycare? A lot of them are taking up these old schoolhouses, and they're even being subsidized by the local school district on referendums. That's cool, and that's different and probably necessary. So how do we change our thinking in these communities? And he is seeing more financing applications from rural entrepreneurs that need just interim or bridge loan financing or other their means of capital to start up their business vision in rural America. How can we invest in a local owner of a hotel to be able to build and renovate an old historic hotel? How do we get somebody who wants to move from a corporate job into a rural community and start our ice cream shop in a small town? How do we help them get that done? These are actually two real-life examples we ran into, and it really got us thinking about how do we do that better. Monson is the first to acknowledge that partnerships Public, private, nonprofit entities together are the difference maker in developing rural economies and opportunities. Rural development is a team sport. It cannot be done with one entity alone. It requires many to be able to meet those needs because there's so many aspects to financing public safety, to financing local EMS team needs. When it comes to making sure that we have the right leadership in these communities, it takes a whole different set of partners for each one of these things. It's just a team sport. That partnership includes, in several instances, support from U.S. 
USDA Rural Development. We work with rural development already to do financing of rural hospitals and nursing homes and assisted living already. So we use their direct and their guaranteed program to do that, and we bring banks into the process to be able to do it. And it also requires education of community leaders and entrepreneurs already investing their time, talents, and dollars in their towns and service areas of the various avenues of financing available to make a rural business or economic opportunity a reality. And many of our farmers, our clients actually work in these communities or their spouses work in these communities or they're leaders of the economic development or the chamber or a business. It's all integrated. So we're finding some really cool things that they're doing and we need to understand better how we can work with public, private and nonprofit partners to invest in some of these things that are working well and other things that aren't working well. Can we create some new solutions? I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Sponsored by the California Walnut Boarding Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate and influence growers in the western united states everywhere you go you see west coast nut magazine on a, every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that it's there so they're reading our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.